Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. We're here at episode 12. I hope everybody had a great week this week. Um, you know, I did. I had a pretty good week myself. We're going to have a great show today. We're going to talk a lot of sports. I'm going to give you my official predictions for the tech football season. We're going to go game by game, and by the end of it, we're going to answer the big questions. Is tech going to a bowl game? Is tech going to have a winning season? Is that going to save Matt Wells' job? I'm going to give you my predictions on that. I'm also going to give you some of my general predictions uh, for the college football season. We're going to talk um, some realignment. I'll review the latest Star Trek Lower Decks episodes, uh, and I've got a little bit of Prodigy news to get to. I'll give you my review on SummerSlam, and I'll give you some just generalized wrestling thoughts going on right now. And should be a good show today. So let's start by talking about realignment. So the big news with realignment this week was Thursday, the Pac-12 announced that they are not going to expand at this time. They are, they are going to stay at 12 teams. They don't see the need to expand. Um, this does shut the door uh, on a potential opportunity for tech and a lot of tech fans were freaking out thinking, well, this is the end, you know, we're going to conference USA now. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case. It's a little bit disappointing because I think we're going to be in a state of flux conference wise, at least for this season, possibly the next couple of seasons as well. But I do think that tech is going to find a home in a power conference. Um, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute, but let's talk about the PAC 12 and what this decision does for them. So I think they made a bad decision. I think the PAC 12 is basically what the big 12 was five years ago. Um, you know, the PAC 12 is not, has not been in a good position. Their TV contract is not very good. The majority of their major games are on late at night. We're talking 9 p.m. Central Time, and they're, they're, there's just not a lot of eyeballs watching those games. And what hasn't helped as well is your main brand in the Pac-12, USC, has not been good in about 10 years. You know, since Pete Carroll bolted, USC's kind of been irrelevant um, and you know, I'm not a USC fan. I really can't stand them, but it's better for the PAC 12 when they're good. And it's really better for college football when they're good too. I hate to say that, but, um, unfortunately they're, they've struggled and we'll see what happens this year. I think, you know, the expectation is they'll probably have a winning season, but I mean, their coach, their coach is on the hot seat, uh, Clay Helton. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. Um, Oregon has had some solid seasons, but they had a little bit of a dip and then came back up. Um, and they're, I mean, I think they're obviously probably going to be the, the favorite to win the pack 12 again this year. Um, and Oregon is a national brand with, with Nike and everything, but you know, I, the pack 12, I think really needed to look at expanding, especially into the central time zone to survive. So I think they've made a mistake, and I think the next step that's going to happen is your big programs, your USC, your Oregon, I think they're going to be looking to bolt. I think the, you know, the Arizonas haven't been happy 
they could be looking to bolt. So that's kind of where we're that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, so it kind of be interested to see what happens with the Pac-12 moving forward. So let's talk about Tech's situation now. So at this point, I think what is going to happen at least for the next two to three years is Tech will stay in some form of the Big 12. Um, it's disappointing because we're going to be in flux for a while, but I, th- I still think eventually you're going to see a situation where the SEC expands again. I don't think they're done at 16, and I think part of their expansion strategy is going to be shutting the door on any other conference getting into Texas, and I think Tech will will end up at some point getting back into the SEC or getting not back into the getting into the SEC. Um, and some fans, some Tech fans, aren't real happy about that. They keep saying, "Oh, well, Tech's just going to get their butts kicked every every week in the SEC. They're going to be Vanderbilt." I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, do I expect them to join the SEC and compete with Alabama and be SEC champions? No. But, I mean, I, I think Tech will have the ability to be like a Mississippi State or a Kentucky in football. You know, get, you know, get your six, seven wins, um, you know, a year. And then, you know, I think with SEC money pouring in and if we can get the Puff Fund, um, that money coming in, which there, there, there's, some, there's some work on that happening. You know, I, Tech's, got the, Tech's got the resources. You know, I know there's this... There's this perception, well, you know, Lubbock, we're out here on the moon and nobody wants to come here. But, I mean, how is Lubbock different than Starkville, Mississippi or Oxford, Mississippi or Auburn, Alabama? You know, th- th- these are these are these are smaller communities than the bigger cities and people go there. You know, I, I just I, I get frustrated when I hear especially people in Lubbock, this area they sell this area short. I mean, I get it. People in other, especially the, you know, the bunch that's east of I-35, they think, you know, we're out here in the boondocks and we barely have indoor plumbing. I get that. A lot, a lot of that is out of ignorance on their part because they never, they never go past west of I-35. But, you know, people that live out here, why, why do we sell ourselves short? This is a great area to live and, and you know, have pride in it. And tech is a great university, and and tech has a lot of lot of things to offer, and so I I think they're going to be okay, but it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit of a, a few years in flux to start with. So let's talk about what these few years are going to look like, specifically with the Big Twelve. So Kirby Holcutt, the athletic director at Tech, had a press conference after the Pac twelve announced their intentions. Uh, which, by the way, I mean that tells us that we were probably wanting. Uh, we contacted the Pac-12, wanting to get in. I have I have no illusions that we're probably also uh, trying to get into other conferences, um, specifically the SEC. And I think those conversations are certainly happening. Um, but Kirby Holcutt is going to be part of the committee on the Big Twelve to expand and bring in some more teams. That's a good thing, number one, and and. You know, from here on out, as long as Tech is in this Big 12, Tech needs to act like the big dog because they are now. They are the big dog in the conference. 
with UT and OU gone, you, you are the big dog. And so you need to dictate the terms of how things are going to look in this conference. And I'm going to get to that in a minute when we start talking about teams that are being looked at coming in. And I've talked about this in the past as far as teams that are being looked at to come in. So I think most likely you will see four teams uh, coming into the Big 12. Um, and so what, we'll, what we will see probably the next two to three years is Tech will be in the Big 12, some sort of expanded Big 12 um, and they'll go from there and then, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. There are some good things about staying in the big 12. I think number one, you're wedding yourself to ESPN. I'm not a big ESPN fan in, in some ways because I just, some of their politics are ridiculous, but you know, ESPN's going to be running college football with S, with the SEC. And so if you stick with this ESPN stuff and you stick with them, running the TV contracts with you, you're, you're more likely to get the invite when the SEC expands again. And if, uh, instead of going, you know, running off, going with Fox. Now, I think priority number one with the Big 12 staying together and with Tech having to stay in the Big 12, Bob Bowlesby has to go. Call him into the boardroom, say, you're fired, get him out. He's done. Okay. We need to start with a clean slate and he has been a bad commissioner done. Bye-bye. I would love to see Oliver Luck and um, who they've apparently hired as a consultant come in and become the commissioner of the big 12. I think he would be a really good uh, commissioner and, and would I think also help eventually when we do transition out of the big 12 because I think the Big 12 is not going to last very much longer in this, in, you know, I, I, even even if they expand. Um, and so, but I like Oliver Luck. I think he's uh, he would be a solid choice. But I think no matter what, I think Bob Bowlesby has to go. He has to be fired. If we're staying in the Big 12, we need new leadership. And we need somebody that is not bumbling clueless like Bob Bowlesby's been since he's been the commissioner. So, bye. Bye-bye. See you later. Okay? Now we get into who is going to join this Big 12. Who are we who are we inviting to this conference? So, there's a couple of scenarios that you could do. Um now one scenario that's been talked about a little bit is maybe that that there's some sort of merger with the AAC and the Big 12. Um, I'm not completely for a complete merger because there are some teams in the AAC I don't want um, coming in and being in the same conference as Tech, namely some of these Texas teams like SMU. I think we're going to end up with Houston, and I'll talk about them in a minute. But, you know, I, I think I, I don't necessarily want to see a complete merger. Um but I think we're we're going to pluck some of the best of the AAC um, from uh, from them and have them join the uh, Big Twelve. Um, the other teams that they're looking at, we're looking out west. You know, rumors of Boise State, um, rumors of BYU. I'm really not a fan of either of those scenarios. I don't think they really bring a whole lot to the table. Yes, I know BYU brings a lot of 
a lot of eyeballs to the table uh, with the, with the Mormon Church, but I just I I'm just not a maybe part of it's because I grew up a, uh, as a UTEP fan and you know the BYU I never could stand them they whined all the time and you know they always did this they always did this little cheap trick where they would send their athletes away on missions for two years and so you'd have 26 year old freshmen playing playing you know um, in games and so I just no I really don't I'm not feeling the BYU thing we may end up with them. But I'm kind of hoping we don't. Um, and then now Boise State, I just don't see what they add. You know, um, football, yeah, they had a, they had a pretty so, somewhat solid football program. But, yeah, now let's fly all the way to Boise, Idaho for conference games. You know, I'm, no, not feeling it. So um, I think probably, and, and I'm not happy about it, I think we probably will end up adding Houston. Um, they are a very attractive team. They have the Houston market. I still would argue that the Big 12 would have as much of the Houston market with Tech um, and, you know, pulling another team. But, you know, I, I think I think Houston's going to be joining the Big 12. The big drawback to me is going to be you're elevating a program that you're competing with for recruits. I don't know how what's going to happen. This is not going to be like TCU where, you know, TCU comes in and you go to their games, half the half the stadium is the visiting team's fans anyway. No one really cares about TCU sports. Um, Houston, I think, has got a pretty, pretty good following, and I, I think they could be dangerous in the Big 12. But I, I think probably they're going to get an invite, um, which kind of stinks, but – I guess welcome to the Big 12, Houston, you know, woohoo, I guess. <laughs> um, I think Memphis will get an invite as well, um, which makes, I think that one is, that one makes sense. They've been a pretty solid football program. Um, basketball, they've, they're usually pretty solid as well. That gets you into the southeastern part of the United States. And a little bit starts to connect a little bit of a bridge to West Virginia. Um, and so they make sense. Um, again, they're, you're not really elevating your product by bringing them in as far as money for TV. But, I mean, they're a solid program. Um, I think Cincinnati is going to come in. And I, th- to me, they're like Memphis. Uh, they've been a solid program in football. They're usually very strong in basketball. It'll be really fun uh, in basketball when, you know, Bob Huggins, Huggy Bears, got to go back to Cincinnati and they got to go to West Virginia. That'll be some fun, fun games to watch. Um, Again, you have another connector to West Virginia. So it's not just let's fly all the way out to Morgantown, West Virginia for one game. We have a little bit more of a regional connection uh, for West Virginia and for the rest of us. And you get it. I mean, you get into Ohio. Um, you know, I mean, it's obviously Cincinnati's not Ohio State, but you still get a, a pretty good, uh, solid program in the Ohio area uh, that comes in. And then I think probably the the fourth team that gets brought in is Central Florida. They make a, they make a lot of sense. Uh, you get into Florida. Central Florida has been a very solid. Uh, football program 
Basketball, they've been up and down. I don't think they add a lot to basketball, but that's okay. Neither does TCU. So I'll, I'll take another free win <laughs> um, in basketball. I mean, with the other big 12 teams we have, that you know we need some free wins. So that's okay. But I think those are the four teams that probably uh, are going to get some invites. Now, if we're if the Big Twelve is going to sixteen and we're we're going to be adding another eight teams, that's where it kind of gets interesting. Or fourteen, I don't know. Um, I think BYU, Boise State would be on that list. South Florida, I think, could be a solid addition, just because you're partnering up with um, you know Central Florida, so you've got two Florida schools and pretty two pretty uh pretty good uh, metropolitan areas there. Um, but I think the four, I think initially they're going to go to 12 right now. And, and the, and the four teams that they'll bring in are Memphis, Cincinnati, Houston, and central Florida. Um, again, it's not the best option. The best option is being in a solid conference. Um, but you know, at this point, I think this is the best option for tech, and also, uh, don't be uh, you know. Also, understand that ESPN will will dictate who joins this big this Big Twelve, um, and so I think those are going to be four teams that ESPN will want to to be joining as well. So, again, it's just going to be a, a, you know this year obviously gonna be, is going to be a, a year of flux, um, and then you know when we start hearing about expansion. That'll happen. By the way, you know, this whole idea of UT and OU staying till 2024 or whenever the TV contract ends, that's not going to happen. This is their this is their farewell tour on, you know, in the Big 12. And and to be honest, I'm actually fine with that. Let's rip the band-aid off, let's send them along their merry way, and let's move on. Um doesn't mean that when they come to town, we're gonna be nice to them. Okay, like I said, I can't wait till Judas Beard and the Shorthorns show up to the USA because we're going to welcome them in a very, very special way. And Oklahoma, we're going to do the same thing to you. So just get ready. So, be it, uh, but anyway, that's kind of where we're at with the conference expansion. I don't think Tech's going to Conference USA. Yeah, we're going to lose some money, but you know, again, I think. You know, Kirby Holcutt is very well respected in the college sports world. And I think Tech is still going to be in a good position to have a chair at the table when this whole college football revamp is done. Um, and like I said, I think the SEC is not done. And I think that's good news for Tech. Um, I think it's bad news for the Pac-12. I think they made, they made a bad mistake the Big Ten better be watching out too because if, you know, Michigan and Ohio State could potentially go to the SEC. And you're probably thinking, SEC, that's Southeastern Conference. Make no mistake, the SEC is wanting to become a college football version of the NFL. And so this whole idea of having a regional conference is going to be going away soon. We're just seeing the first dominoes falling with Texas and Oklahoma. So, and by the way, that alliance thing with ACC, a Big Ten, Pac-12, that's, haha, that's really funny. That that will last about as long as the League of Nations did after World War One. So, that will not that was that was a nice little lovely little press conference, but that's not going to be lasting 
you know, it's not it's not worth the paper that they they signed or whatever they did is not worth anything. So just, you know, don't worry about that part of it. So let's talk some tech football. We are next week is the season opener at six o'clock central time in Houston. The tech football season will kick off and it's it promises to be an interesting season no matter the results, because I I do believe Matt Wells is on the hot seat. He's got to, I think he's got to go to a bowl game, or he will be gone. Um, and so that that obviously makes it interesting. Tech has a new offensive coordinator with Sonny Cumbie um, coming back. That'll be interesting as well. And then the new starting quarterback, which they officially named him the starting quarterback, which. He was going to be the starting quarterback when he signed. I don't know why we do this theatrics. You know, not everybody can be Bill Belichick and and do this, and it's kind of cute and funny. It's usually just annoying. But, yeah, Tyler Shuck is the starting quarterback for the football team, and, I, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I think he's a very solid quarterback. Um, I said that when he was signed. I think the bigger question is going to be the other pieces that are around him, specifically the offensive line. Is the offensive has the offensive line been upgraded um, to where you can have a good running game? Do we have receivers that are quality receivers that can get you some yards? Okay, you go back and look at the the Leach glory years. You had some solid quarterbacks, but you had those offensive weapons around that quarterback that made the difference, and you had that fantastic offensive line many of them ended up in the NFL that was able to protect your quarterback and you were able to run the offense effectively so that's what I'm that's the bigger question marks for me and then obviously defense is always a big question mark at tech because you know it's been that's been a 10 years of just bad defense but I think I think they're going to be a lot better this year I think um, one of the biggest wins on the offseason for Texas Tech was getting some transfers coming in, but also getting some of those guys that were seniors that were able to get this extra year of eligibility due to COVID to come back and for another year. And I think they should be solid, uh, a lot more solid on defense. No, they're not going to be the 85 Bears, but you know I think they're they're certainly not going to be the the tech defense we've seen when we had you know such yahoos as Matt Wallerstead running running the defense or, or the you know James Willis I mean the other I mean it if you've pay, ever paid if you paid attention to tech football the last 10 years I mean it's just been I mean when you when tech's on defense it's just you know let's get this over with quickly and then let's get the let's get the ball back because it's just going to be a sad sad watch but I don't think we're going to be in that situation this year so we start with Houston and everybody a lot of pundits and I agree with all the pundits I think this for Matt Wells to keep his job for Tech to go to a bowl game I think you've got to beat Houston you've got to beat Houston that is a must win um for this program um because I think if you get yourself to 3 and 0 and I'll talk about the other non-conferences in a minute. Um, it's going to be a lot more doable to get that magic number of six wins to to get to a bowl game. You lose at Houston, then it's you know getting to that six wins is harder to come by, and you're probably going to have to beat a team that you're not expected to beat. So um, you open up next 
next week with Houston. It's at Houston. It's going to be at the NRG Stadium where the Texans play. Um, so, yeah, you're in Houston, but it's it's I think it's going to have a more neutral game like atmosphere. I fully expect uh, you're going to have a very huge contingent of tech fans down there. Um, and so that it'll it'll I think it'll be more of a tech crowd than a Houston crowd. Um, we've played at NRG Stadium three seasons ago against Ole Miss, and it was a debacle. I mean, it was Cliff's last season, and, you know, it was classic Taco Tech, you know, uh, laying a big egg on the field and not showing up to play. So I don't think that's going to happen this go-around. I think think Tech will come out, and I think they will beat Houston. Uh, Things that I'm looking for next week is how does Tyler Shuck look? How does this defense look? I'm always looking for are we going to be better with penalties because that's another that's been another Achilles heel with Tech in football. Um, really, even you know not beyond these last ten years. Even you go back to the Leach years, Tech loves. To, I mean, Tech loves to get penalties, um, and and it's usually at the most inopportune times on defense or holding, and you know. So can we can we not can we not be like the top? penalty laden team in the nation we I think we've led the nation in penalties in the past it's just yeah been been embarrassing so those are three things I'm looking for I think tech does enough to pull out pull out the win against Houston so they will start one and0 in my predictions um, they come back home and they play the father of Texas Stephen F Austin that's gonna be one of those games where hopefully we're gonna get to see uh, uh, Donovan Smith. Baron Morton playing quarterback because we're blowing out uh, the father of Texas, Stephen F. Austin, the Lumberjacks. I think that will happen. Um, and so I think they blow the doors off of them. Hopefully we get to see some of these other quarterbacks play and, and get some time on the field. So at that point, Tex 2-0. They'll have another home game against Florida International. And I think that's another win. Um, again, Inferior opponent, Florida International. Um, I mean, I think UTEP's even beaten Florida International. So surely Tech can beat Florida International. So I think you get to 3-0 and in the non-conference season. Um, yeah, this is a very, very uh, easy non-conference season. You're not playing a power conference team this year. Um, Houston is going to be your, your toughest non-conference opponent, but I think you win that. And I think you get the ball rolling pretty quickly, and you you start the season at three and zero. And who do we start the Big Twelve Conference season with? Well, we got to go down to the bum town, and we're playing the Shorthorns of UT. And I would love to beat them and send them along their merry way, um, but unfortunately, Tech's history in Austin is checkered by a lot of failure. And so I think that's probably going to happen again this year. I'd love to keep it close. I, first of all, I don't think Texas is going to be that good this year, although they'll probably have a good non-conference start themselves, and ESPN will do the Texas is back thing that they love to do. Um, but I think Texas probably beats Tech in Austin. Um, what I'm looking for in that game, uh, you know, like like the saying goes, it's not if you lose, but how you lose if we just get the pants blown off of us, that doesn't bode well. Um, let's make some good plays, and but I, th- I think ultimately UT will win that game, and so we'll fall to three and one on the season. 
and that will give that will give us the end of September. Here's the good news for Tech: um, the next four games, I believe, are very winnable. Um, they will play at West Virginia on October the second. They've beaten West Virginia two years in a row. Um, West Virginia, I think, is gonna is still very even with Tech talent wise, um, and I think Tech gets the win against West Virginia. And so that will improve their record to four and one. This is one of these four games that we're going to talk about right now, including West Virginia, they're toss-up games. And for Matt Wells to get to get us to a bowl game and quite frankly keep his job, they've got to win them. And I think they can pull out West Virginia and to go to four and one. They will then play TCU. This will be a home game. And, you know, it's been a while since Tech has beaten TCU at home. I mean, it goes back all the way to 2013. Baker Mayfield was the quarterback, the infamous Fox game on Thursday night. Um, TCU is one of those teams that's every year, them and Tech are very even with each other, um, typically. I, I think that Tech get, pulls out the win here to get to 5-2. and two. Um Again, home crowd. I I think they can take. I think they can take down TCU pretty easily. We get get us to five and two. Then we get to then we get to follow up with the University of Kansas. We're at Kansas now. There was a debacle two years ago at Kansas where Tech lost. I mean, ugh, we we don't even want to talk more about it. But this is Kansas football. They're a dumpster fire, as they have been the last however long. I think Tech pulls out the win. That gets them to 6-2. and two. So we're at six wins at that point. Now, again, West Virginia TCU could go the other way. But I, I really uh, – I'm kind of going on on the limb, and I hope, I hope the limb doesn't break. But I think Tech gets those wins – and I think they're going to be 6-2 and two after the Kansas game. Then they're going to play Kansas State. And Kansas State's been one of those opponents that they have struggled with um, the past few years. Um, you know, Kansas State just has had Tech's number. It's at home this year. Uh, this is one of those games. I, I think Tech's going to be flying high after winning, after getting themselves to 6-2. and two. And, you know, there's always one game every year where Tech lays a giant egg against somebody they're not supposed to. I think this will be the giant egg laying game. And I think Kansas State gets Tech here. And so Tech will then fall to, I think I'm off on my math. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, Tech will fall to six and two at that point. And then they follow up and we got to go to at Oklahoma. Ugh. Help us on that one. Um, let's just hope it's not a spanking of like sixty points. It'll Tech will fall to six and three after playing Oklahoma. So the, I think they'll be at six and three at the end of October. We get an off week, November the sixth. Then we end up with Iowa State. Um, again, I think Iowa State's just. I think they're better. This could be the this could be the game, um, you know. Every year, Tech usually has a game where they rise up and they beat somebody they're not supposed to. This could be the game, 
But, I mean, I just – I got a lot of respect for what Matt Campbell has done at Iowa State, and I think they will they will beat Tech here. And so Tech will fall to 6-4. and four. Yes, that means we're on a three-game losing streak. Yeah, not good. And I'm looking at the schedule some more. After that's Oklahoma State. Ugh, and I think Oklahoma State gets Tech again. So Tech falls to 6-5. and five. They will finish up at Baylor. Here's the good news for Tech. I think I think Baylor is still in the rebuilding mode. Two years ago when they went to Waco, that was the game where we were not apparently we don't count fumbles in Waco. I think Tech does rebound against Baylor and wins. I think they finish seven and five. Um, again, the West Virginia, TCU, Kansas State games, I think those are ones that could go either way. My gut's telling me Tech beats West Virginia and TCU but loses to Kansas State. Um, and so I think they've finished the season 7-5. and five. That's enough to keep Matt Wells' job. That's enough for a bowl game. What bowl game will they go to? Who knows? The Cheez-It Bowl or the, I don't even know, the half the bowls that the Big 12 is tied to, you know, the Doritos, Taco, Quesadilla Bowl. I have no idea. But they'll go to some bowl game. That's a start. That's, I mean, we haven't been to a bowl game since 2018, or no, excuse me, 2017 with uh, with Shimanek. Uh So it's been four years. So let's get to let's get bowl eligible get to a bowl game and then let's build on that in the off season i think there's still potential for them to be better than 7 and 5 i'll also hedge my bets and say there's potential for them to be worse um like i said the, those three those three games the west virginia iowa uh iowa state west virginia kansas state tcu they could lose all of those all three of those games i've seen tech do that before <laughs> I mean, I this I've really debated this, getting us to seven and five, getting us to a bowl game, and thinking that's going to happen because I've been let down for like ten years with them. But I think the talent is there. There is enough talent on this team to win at least six games and get to a bowl. And I think that's your goal this year: is win six, get to a bowl. It starts with Houston. You don't beat Houston, it's hard, It's going to be harder to get to that threshold. Um, but I do think they beat Houston. I think Tyler Shuck is a very solid quarterback. He's extremely talented. Um, I think he's probably the best quarterback Tex had since Mahomes. No, I'm not saying he is as good as Mahomes, but I think he's probably the best one they've had since Mahomes. And I think he will – I think his play and I think the defense is good enough – to get Tech to six wins and a bowl game. So that's kind of where I'm at with Tech. We'll see uh, week to week how, how it goes. Um, I'll probably record next week's podcast um, before the Tech-Houston game, and so I won't have a wrap-up on that till the next week. Um, other general college football predictions. Uh, one, realignment's not over with. I think we're going to continue to see reports about that. Um I think the college football playoff is going to expand, not this year, but going into next year. Um, I, I think it's, you know, it's going to be another boring playoff. You know, it's going to be Alabama and Clemson most likely, probably Ohio State most likely. 
and then maybe another SEC school, the Georgia or Texas A&M. I hope it's not Texas A&M. So, I'll, again, I'll be rooting against, you know, whoever they're – rooting for whoever they're playing. But, I mean, they they got close last year, so they could, they could break through again. But, uh, you know, I think we're, again, going to be in for another Alabama-Clemson – one of those teams will win win the national championship. Probably Alabama. So um, at least it, when the when the playoff expands, we'll have some more teams to talk about as potentially winning a national championship. But it's just kind of real predictable. I don't really have a Heisman Trophy prediction either. Um, but you know, um, the other predictions that I've got, um, I can't really think of any any other ones. But um, that's kind of kind of where I'm at um, with college football. Next week we will do an NFL prediction show, and I'll do uh, we'll look at the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Uh, those are my two teams in the NFL. I've been a Cowboys fan since my entire li- my whole life. I um, am old enough to remember when they actually did win Super Bowls. I have started to follow the Chiefs since they got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's been a good good couple of years. Uh, obviously in, in that department, but I'll do NFL predictions next week. Um, but be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm glad football has started. I love football. High school football started last night. Unfortunately for my school, we didn't win, but, uh, I love football and, um, it's, it's glad. I'm so glad that it's back. Uh, moving on to some Star Trek talk. So let's talk Star Trek lower decks a little bit. Uh, they had a pretty good episode this, uh, this past week. We had a special guest, Tom Paris from Star Trek Voyager and really enjoyed seeing him seeing him on the show. I hope we have a few more appearances from uh past Star Trek legacy characters and again, Lower Decks, it's a it's a fun show. If you've not watched Lower Decks, you know, watch it, especially if you are a 90s Star Trek fan. It's a fun show. Um you know, there the other plot lines were also fun about the trope of of you know, bridge officers always always tend to survive even when they're dead, quote unquote dead. Um, and then the the trope with uh, with Ensign Mariner and and Tilly going to the uh, um to the you know planet for the little cat pose thing. It was fun. So a uh, little bit of prodigy news. Apparently at the Las Vegas Star Trek convention last week, um, Robert Beltron who plays Chakotay slipped out that he is going to be on Prodigy. And so there's a lot of talk about potentially you're going to see um, all of the Voyager cast members on Prodigy. I'd love to see that. I mean, we know Robert Duncan McNeil, who played Tom Paris. He did voiceover work for Lower Decks. To me, it would be very easy for him to do voiceover work for Prodigy. So I'm still hoping to uh, at least at some point find some sort of premiere date for Prodigy. I think it's going to happen... Uh, September 8th, which is which is Star Trek Day. That'll be the 55th anniversary, and they've already announced some panels for that, all of the shows. I think we're going to get a premiere date announced for Lower Decks, and I think we're going to get a first look at Strange New Worlds, even though that does not premiere till 2022. And I think we'll get another trailer for Picard and maybe a little bit of clarification about what uh, what order the shows in 2022 are going to air which i think i think what, uh, the way they're going to air is we'll have picard will discovery will finish their run picard will be in and then uh strange new worlds so uh talk a little bit about SummerSlam to wrap up um the 
no big surprise. Roman Reigns retains. Bobby Lashley retains. Um, the I was disappointed that Nikki Ash lost the Raw title. Charlotte Flair doesn't need to be the champion. Um, you know, I, it's kind of getting. I mean, it's kind of like Ric Flair. You know, they always put the they always put the belt on back on them. But you know, I would have loved to see Nikki have a longer title reign. Um, let's talk about the SmackDown Women's Championship. So Bianca Belair loses not to Sasha Banks because Sasha Banks couldn't compete, but to a returning Becky Lynch. I'm glad that Becky Lynch is back. I didn't like how they did how they did uh, the Becky uh, Bianca Belair losing in whatever it was like in matter of seconds. I think that really discredited her character. It sounds like Becky Lynch is going to work as a heel. Um, so I'd love to see a one-on-one Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch match, uh, actual match between those two. I think uh, I think they'd work well together. But I was a little disappointed for Bianca. Uh, she's been a great champion uh, since she won back, back at WrestleMania. And then Brock Lesnar came back, and that was a huge surprise. I... Um, you know, I really thought when he came back, they would have him work with uh, Bobby Lashley, and and that may eventually happen. Still, um, um, but he's coming back, and it looks like he's going to feud with Roman Reigns. Um, who knows when that match is going to take place? Uh, based on SmackDown last night, I think you're going to end up with Finn Balor, Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules, which I'm good with. I love Finn Balor's work in the ring. Um, so they may hold off the Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns feud a l- for a few months. We'll see what happens. But um, overall, I thought SummerSlam was a very solid show. Um, you know, I think the weakest match probably was Lashley Goldberg. I, you know, I'm just I enjoyed Goldberg in the '90s, but I'm kind of I'm tired of the Goldberg shtick. It's it, it just it's the same thing over and over again. So. But apparently they're going to continue that feud as well. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll just have to tune in see what happens. Um, but that is going to be it for the Chris Carpenter Show this week. I uh, hope everybody has a, a great weekend and a great start to their week. And we will be back next Saturday, uh, probably around after Saturday afternoon time. Because um, the Tech game starts, it's an evening game, which, by the way, that's great too. We have three straight uh, primetime games uh, to start the season, and that I always love that. 11 a.m., not a fan of those. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll record probably next Saturday afternoon. Uh, until next time, hope you all have a great week.